This is Tech Taco Boy in episode 293. Okay, Google, how do I wipe a hard drive? Welcome to Tech Talk with Buona. This technology podcast covers tech news and reviews for the entire week. And now here's your host, me, Buona McCall. Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 293 of Tech Talk with Buona. We got a great, 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 great Tony the Tiger. Great. Okay, I went a little bit too far there. We got a great show lined up for you for episode 293. We got seven stories to talk about, some some crazy stuff with the Facebook, Zenimax, Oculus News, as well as uh, stories surrounding our GoPro Karma. We got a follow-up story on that, as well as some AT&T and um, just Apple News in general. So it's going to be a generic, pretty standard, normal Run in the mill. No, actually, it's going to be a pretty great show. I think you're actually going to enjoy it. I think you're actually going to listen to the entire thing. I wonder how many people actually listen to this entire podcast. If I could take a poll, I would. I could take a poll, but I'm not going to. I don't know where this is going. Got a great show lined up for episode 293. Tech Talk Boy. Let's get right into it. our first story we're going to talk about the elephant in the room that's dancing on three toes even though elephants don't even have feet that consume of toes and why is there an elephant in the room to begin with we're talking about oculus and Zenimax and facebook and that whole thing if you don't already know facebook's owns facebook owns the company known as oculus rift a virtual reality juggernaut in the industry and uh, there's been a lot of bad blood between two companies, namely around the hiring of John Carmack, which is a staple at id Software over at Zenimax. This is some some gaming stuff that you guys who don't follow gaming news probably don't know about. But, you know, Zenimax owns Bethesda and uh, id Games, id Software, which uh, made the fabled Doom of old and Quake uh, video games. So if you may, you may remember some of those games from the past. So there's been a lot of bad blood between Zenimax and Oculus because they hired John Carmack. And apparently uh, Zenimax has accused Oculus of stealing trade secrets and breaking non-disclosure agreements. They sued him. They wanted to have $4 billion in compensation. So the, the jury, uh, this, this case has already been ongoing, and the jury in Texas have come to a conclusion and they have awarded Zenimax $500 million over claims that Palmer Lucky, the uh, owner of Oculus, didn't comply with the non-disclosure agreement he signed with the game publisher. Now, according to this article on Engadget, that's all you know, good for Zenimax and everything. But what they were mainly going for was the accusation that John Carmack stole trade secrets from Zenimax when he went over to Oculus. And the jury didn't find that that was the case. So this this is part of the reason why they were awarded $500 million and not $4 billion in compensation and damages. So, yeah, um, I don't think Zenimax got what they want. I don't think Oculus wanted to pay. According to this article, they didn't want to pay anything. I mean, who, what company goes, yeah, I want to pay $500 million. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. No, I don't think anybody wanted to do that. 
But what's amazing to me is that one thing happened and not the other. Um, that Palmer Lucky didn't comply with a non-disclosure agreement, right? So by doing that, you would think that it would imply or it would create the opportunity for trade secrets to be to be revealed. But I guess the lack of proof was in the pudding, I guess. I, I guess I guess there wasn't enough proof to disclose that or to find that that this actually happened. I'm a little bit shocked because I, I I don't I don't see one happening without the other. If you break an NDA, there's probably trade secrets secrets that are going to be uh, going to be uh, revealed and shared. Now, the only thing I could think of that might have caused this is that the um, that there may be some technicality, some paperwork that wasn't filed, some some documents that um, were ignored. So maybe it could have been a clerical error or something like that that made this happen. Some technicality. Other than that, man, I mean, how can you break an NDA and not share trade secrets? And I have a follow-up story on this, and it kind of will lead credence to what I'm talking about. But check this story out, guys. Over on Engadget.com, they got the details. Oculus to pay $500 million to Zenimax after the lawsuit ends. And wow, this is uh, this is big news. $500 million is not a drop in the bucket. They wanted $4 billion, but they got $500 million. Check it out. And for our next story, we're going to follow up on the Zenimax Oculus thing. And uh, we're going to talk about kind of a, an intriguing thing uh, that, you know, kind of makes me a little bit concerned about the... Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the outcome of the Zenimax Oculus case. This story over on PCGaming.com talks about how John Carmack over at uh, Oculus, former id Software employee, he Googled how to wipe a hard drive when it was uh, when it was revealed that there was going to be an indictment. This is a quote from uh, from the article. It says, but there's an interesting tidbit buried in, the, buried in the middle of Zenimax statement regarding John Carmack, former id Software mastermind, current, current Oculus VR chief technology office, a man widely considered as one of the most brilliant people ever to work in the game industry. Carmack intentionally destroyed data on his computer after he got notice of this litigation and right after he researched on Google how to wipe a hard drive. The statement says, and data on other Oculus computers and USB storage devices were similarly deleted as determined by a court appointed independent expert on computer forensics. So going back to the previous article about how um, Oculus was ordered to pay $500 to Zenimax, $500, $500 million. Oh, gosh, 500 bucks. What are we going to do? $500 million for... Uh, for Palmer Lucky neglecting a uh, NDA, but Carmack was not found liable for trade secrets. The two things don't add up. I mean, if if the guy's destroying data after he, I mean, assuming this is true, I don't know. I mean, this was revealed in the case, but we don't know if it was actually factually correct. Um, but this is according to a, a, a data. Uh, What's this guy's title? Um, a court appointed independent expert on computer forensics found that they this, they were deleting data, man. So, I mean, that's that in itself to me kind of incriminates them. The fact that this was kind of thrown out makes me raise an eyebrow that 
not only well this this is a brilliant gamer or brilliant developer he had to google how to wipe a hard drive number one it's kind of okay okay we'll we'll just pretend that didn't happen but number two that the fact that data was destroyed when the uh the litigation came down it's kind of you know it's kind of like you know you kind of caught with your hand in a cookie jar so it's kind of hard to believe that they're innocent it really is. I mean, just looking at this from a third party perspective outsider with no I have no I have no interest either way in this case. I don't care who wins or loses. I'm just a little bit just just weirded out, man, that he's he not only Googled how to delete a hard drive, but he went on to wipe some hard drives and they're saying he's innocent of revealing or, or of, of delving trade secrets. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Carmack seems guilty as ever from this statement. I mean, if this is true, like I said, if this court appointed independent expert on computer forensics, apparently he was independent and court appointed. So he wasn't hired by Zenimax. He wasn't hired by Facebook or Facebook or Zenimax. Apparently, um, these guys went around, run around wiping data everywhere. So, yeah. I don't think this is over. I actually don't. I think I think Zenimax is going to keep keep pursuing. Um, and if I were them, I would be kind of upset that you know they didn't get the full amount, because the way you know the way Carmack left Zenimax and just went over to Oculus was a shock to everybody. I bet it was a shock to Zenimax. It was a shock to everybody in the industry. This guy was a staple in game development. All of a sudden, he's going to a VR company. So. Yeah, but check this story out, guys. Over on PCGamer.com. It's a good good follow-up article onto the Oculus Zenimax article. Why in the world is Carmack deleting data? And why, why did he have to Google how to wipe a hard drive? Uh, okay, check it out, guys. And speaking of Facebook, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. They're closing in on 2 billion monthly users. That's right. This article over on TheVerge.com kind of surprised me. The numbers are just kind of ridiculous. The Facebook announced their earnings for the fourth quarter in its full year 2016. And check this out. For the quarter, they reported $8.8 billion in revenue. This is a social media website. $8.8 billion in revenue and $3.56 billion in profit. More than $1.23 billion now uses social network every day. And 1.15 billion log from their mobile devices every day. Oh, just utterly insane. At the current growth weight, I just went elbow foot. Oh, oh gosh. At the current growth rate, it will hit 2 billion monthly active users by the middle of this year. According to The Verge. This is this is nuts. It's a little graph here by Jane, Jan Dawson here. It's just the growth is is dumb. Total revenue for 2016 reached more than 27.6 billion compared to last year's 17.9. They, they, they increased year over year $10 billion. Total revenue for 2016 reached more than 27.6 billion compared to last year's 17.93 billion. That's, that's $10 billion increase year over year. The company boasted continued growth of its revenue and user base in 2016. Alongside similar expansions of Facebook on Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus virtuous, virtual reality products. We just talked about that Oculus thing. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't get it, man. 
it's it's one of those things that I it's it's, it's one of those anomalies that I, I I don't understand. Like I I I like Twitter a lot. Twitter's my favorite social network, but it's kind of dying. They they got the, they got the the opposite effect of what's happening with Facebook. If there was you know there's an antagonist or there's an opposite to, to Facebook is Twitter. Um, it's like all the, their everything is trending downward for Twitter, but Facebook. The social network that I loathe have always just despised since day zero. It just it, it blow it blows the mind. And when they bought my my darling friend feed, I almost lost my my marbles. Almost made me quit social media altogether. I just lost faith into into the whole thing. Um, and now they're top dog, and there's no seems like there's no end to their growth. The fact that so many people are logging into mobile is the thing that shocks me. And this is a, a quote, which I found kind of surprising, is that a vast majority of their ad revenue comes from mobile. They said mobile advertising makes up the lion's share of Facebook's ad revenue coming in at 84% in the last quarter of 2016. 84% of their ad revenue comes from a single platform, mobile. So if you take away mobile, Facebook is pretty much, you know, pretty much a normal social media company. They're not the juggernaut that they are, I think. Um, I think that explains a lot. As every one of us these days has a mobile phone in our hand, whether it be a smartphone or a regular phone. You know, the fact that so many people are logging into Facebook now is is shocking. Um. Again, I, I, I just don't use this. I don't use the site. I mean, I got family members on there that communicate every now and then. I probably log in once a week now, maybe once every two weeks just to check on family. Um, and I, keep, I just I don't like the site, man. I, it's, there's so many things about them. I, I uninstalled the app from my phone because if you have an, if you have the app installed on your phone, it does some stuff that you probably don't know about. And some of that stuff includes draining your battery. So you, <laughs> you, you might want to do some research on that. But it, it, they do some stuff on your phone, and I just, I just don't use it on my phone at all. Um, but so many people are using this, and I, I just I can't understand it. It's one of those things that baffles me. And it doesn't bother me per se, but it kind of does at the same time because social media is taking a turn. To where there's like a billion and one niche social media sites. There's turning out to be just Facebook. Because they bought Instagram. They have WhatsApp. You know, they, they, they're sucking up all the all the little niche things that are, are were big at the time. Like just like Twitter was buying. Um, Twitter bought. Uh, uh, what's the, the, the streaming site? Um, Periscope. Twitter bought Periscope. And like all these big companies are buying up all these smaller niche social media companies that I, I used to love. I used to love those days. But now we're just seeing Facebook. It's like your Facebook or nothing. And I'm a content provider and I, I, I have a Facebook brand page and I don't use it at all. And it's getting to the point to where it's going to be stupid not to use it. And I'm going to be kicking and screaming like a little baby. I don't want to use it. I I don't want to use it. I'm gonna start crying like a baby on here. So check it out, guys. Over the verse.com. It's not surprising, but it is surprising 
Facebook is closing in on 2 billion monthly users. So many mobile users. 10 billion increase in profit year over year. Or is it profit or revenue? Revenue. <laughs> yeah. 10 billion, 10 billion in revenue year over year increase. Just insane. Insane. Their growth is out of control. Check it out, guys, over on TheVerge.com. They have the details about Facebook. What do you guys think? Is Facebook going to take over the world or have they already done it? Yes. And for our next story, we're going to talk about Apple. Apple was uh, recently in the news as, as, you know, as close as about three months ago as being in trouble because uh, they were they were reporting a continued revenue decline. I think the almost uh, pretty much the majority of 2016, it was like quarter after quarter was less than the previous. But they turned it around in Q4. I'm sorry, I messed it up. In Q1 2017, this article over on VentureBeat points out that Apple returns to revenue growth finally with a 17.8 billion profit. There's a lot of numbers in here. I'm not going to go over all of them. The thing to note here is that their iPhone sales were much higher than anticipated. Uh, Apple uh, reported that they have an all-time record in iPhone revenue and unit sales. And uh, that's, that's, that's saying a lot because iPhone is kind of a big business. Um, and uh, the iPhone 7, iPhone Plus, which were unveiled in September, pretty much took over the holidays. And I, I reported on this in Tech Talk with one around that time. Um, how the iPhone surpassed everybody uh, in, in terms of sales. They pretty much owned the uh, the holidays. So I guess this is, is starting to show itself in, in terms of numbers. Uh, iPhone sales the past quarter were 78.29 million, which is up 5% year over year. That's, that's incredible. Considering how much the iPhones they sell, the fact that they were able to achieve growth still is a very, very good thing. Um, whenever Apple has a down quarter or a down profit, I don't look at it as being the end of the world because they, um, they tend to, to shatter a lot of numbers in terms of just unit sales. And not only that, but their profit share is just ridiculous. They, they, they own the profit share market by so much, uh, while they have, you know, steady revenue numbers, when it comes to profit, nobody can touch Apple. Um, and I think a lot of people respect that. Even the people who hate Apple know about their profit share juggernaut. Uh, but uh, the thing that I want I want to focus on is, is a trend I've been seeing is iPads. iPads have been continually going down. And, and, and Q1 2017, it really wasn't uh, any different. They sold 13 million iPads in the quarter, which is down almost 20% year over year. That is, that's a lot. And the revenue of the iPad was down 22% year over year. So sales were down almost 20%, revenue down 22%. iPad is definitely on a downward decline. So I don't know what Apple's going to do about that. Um, the same is true for their uh, their their Mac products and MacBook products. You know, there's just a really slow, steady decline. But that's something that's, that's true for the entire industry, I think. Uh, if you look at all the other companies that, that sell desktop PCs and, and, and laptops, um, you'll see a similar trend amongst all of them, that there's a, there's a notable decline. There. Even when I was with HP, that was something that HP talked about as well. It's just an overall market slump in that market. But mobile has been booming and still is booming, um, save the iPads out there. So while the masses and the Redditors 
and the forum blasters are saying Apple is dead. It's far from it. Um, <laughs> the the post Steve Jobs Apple's is still alive. They had a really strong quarter, but you know, 2017 is going to be proving going to be proving to be a challenging year. Um, even though people said the iPhone was dead because of the AirPod fiasco and the lack of a headset jack, they broke records. <laughs> they sold more iPhones than ever. So there you go. Um, but another surprising thing is this, in this article is that the Apple Watch actually had a, a, a very, very, a very, very good quarter as well. But they came in at four to 4.2 billion in revenue and it was down 8%, but still was a good quarter overall. Um, their services division was up 18% year over year, year over year. So Apple has some ups and downs in all the different markets. As you can see, I went over a lot of numbers there in a lot of different sectors and, and silos. But uh, overall, the companies had a strong quarter, really, really strong quarter led by the new iPhones that came out. Check it out, guys. Over on VentureBeat.com, Apple has made a strong comeback, comeback in in their mobile sales of the iPhone as well as a pretty strong quarter for the Apple Watch. Apple has not gone anywhere, guys. They're doing quite well. Check it out. And for our next story, we're going to talk about GoPro. You guys may remember uh, on Tech Talk of One, a previous episode, I talked about the GoPro Karma being recalled. It was a big, big, big fiasco and snafu over over at the guys at GoPro. Uh, these GoPro Karmas, they are drones, and uh, they're designed to take photos from the air uh, and videos from the air with uh, with a remote control device. Very, very uh, up and coming enthusiast market. People take these drones out and they, they come up with some incredible, incredible video footage. It's almost like, you know, when major movie studios have a helicopter with a camera and they have these flybys and stuff, you get to see some really cool effects. The problem with these GoPro Karmas is that they were faulty and uh, they were losing power mid-flight. And that's a very bad thing to have these drones just fall out of the sky. It was happening a lot. So they, they issued a recall and uh, now they're back. The GoPro Karma is back on sale today, but it is going to be only at limited retailers. Uh, international buyers are going to have to wait a little bit longer, according to this article over on Engadget. Um, and it's they're only committing to spring for non-U.S. customers and so on. So um, it's going to still be pricey. <laughs> I think it's going to start at, what, $5.99. Uh, Actually, they, they uh, according to the article, they added a, a Karma Core, which is $399, which includes the body, the arms, and landing gear. No gimbal or controller or backpack. But they're adding a flight kit as well for $599. So, yeah, they're trying to make a comeback. Um, but GoPro took a big brand hit. They lost a lot of consumer confidence with this because their products were, were loved, about, uh, loved by a lot of enthusiasts especially people who go out and, and take uh, and take photos and take videos and stuff. And they've, they've been under a lot of controversy. I think the latest one was that their their latest product required an Internet connection, which is just crazy when you think about it. GoPros are about going out and taking footage from areas like mountains and hiking and and and, and out to sea and places where you probably won't have Internet. And to require an Internet connection, um, it was like something with their software. It's like you couldn't do anything with the software because you, it required an internet connection and it made the camera useless. I don't know if they've addressed that yet, but that was the latest thing uh, 
terms of a fiasco and controversy on top of the karma. So they're they're having some brand damage and some and, you know, they're trying to backpedal and do some damage control here. And uh, this the timing couldn't be better because they're going to have to announce their earnings soon following the recall. <laughs> so the stockholders are probably in. Well, stockholders or or the interested parties are going to be very interested to hear this. You know, what what what's the plan is are what's the what's the numbers? You know, what's the what's the deal, man? What's going on? So the GoPro Karma is back on sale, guys. You can check it out over on thegadget.com. They got the details. If you want to still get this thing, you can. But I imagine you may have a little bit of a reservation of doing so because of the recalls before. Hmm. What shall you do? Check it out, guys. And for the next story, we're going to talk about data breaches. Data breaches is a big thing that, you know, um, almost every other story on Tech Talk, I was talking about some big company that had a lot of records lost and a lot of user records were compromised and passwords and user data. And according to this article over on NBCnews.com, more than 4 billion data records were stolen globally in 2016. This is nuts. This is nuts. It set a new record. According to a new report from Risk-Based Security, 4,149 confirmed breaches exposed more than 4.2 billion records. That's approximately 3.2 billion more records than were exposed in 2013, the previous all-time high. These are confirmed breaches. And let it be known that all the breaches out there aren't reported. There's a lot of breaches that happen that are ransomed, that companies sweep under the rug. These, these hackers, they will say, we will, we will return your data if you give us so many Bitcoin or, or so much money. And these companies pay this ransom and you don't hear about it. Um, it's, it's probably highly illegal to do that, but I guarantee it happens. Businesses were the prime targets with more than half, 55% of the reported breaches. But hackers also attack medical institutions and government agencies. This cyber warfare is getting crazy. Um, top of the news and, and the top of the year was Yahoo. Yahoo had the ridiculous amount of breaches last year. And you all remember that story. It was just nuts uh, of how many people and how many records were, were lost for Yahoo. And it took them years to come out and actually disclose that information. The U.S. and the United Kingdom were the uh, they accounted for more than half of the breaches. The U.S. has 1,971. United Kingdom at 204. Top 10 included Canada, Brazil, India, Australia and Russia. Uh, the breaches, they varied in severity. Usernames and passwords and credit card numbers is bad, but not as harmful as stealing Social Security numbers and stuff like that. So it was a crazy year. And I, I imagine it's not going to get any better. I don't know what companies are doing about security in 2017 that they weren't doing in 2016. You got to ask yourself, are, are they changing their practices as companies try to strap, you know, try to save money? And try to you know do more with less you know without getting into a into a, a giant uh, efficiency speech here. How are they handling this? Who are they going to subcontract or contract out? Who are they going to hire to bolster their online security? What are companies going to do? Because a lot of these breaches are age-old uh, exploits. And open, not, of, not only open source software, but business software out there that take forever to get patched. And sometimes it's just neg negligent IT people. 
that uh, that don't patch their software often enough that just leave it at an old version and it just sits there and hackers just go in, dump the database and say, all right, we'll give your data back for so much Bitcoin and they'll sell the database anyway to the black market after getting money from the business as well. It, it is nuts. It is nuts, guys. Uh, as to how many of these breaches are occurring versus, you know, how many companies are actually stopping these breaches. So what's going to change in 2017? That's the question I have regarding all of this. What's going to be different? If nothing's going to change, it's going to get worse. I mean, that's a, that's an obvious logical deduction. Um, let's hope these companies are making efforts to do this, that they're actually making efforts to bolster their security, to take certain things offline. Everything doesn't have to be online. I think a lot of companies don't realize this. You don't have to put your data online. It doesn't have to be connected. It doesn't. You don't have to do it all the time. I mean, there's other ways of doing things other than putting your data, all your data online. Um, I think once companies realize that, maybe there'll be a less, less of a, you know, there'll be less cracks for the for the hackers to get into. Check it out, guys. Over on NBCNews.com, two, just too crazy. Four billion data records. Four billion in 2016. That's a new record. That's insane. And I hope it gets I hope it gets better. And for our final story, we're gonna talk about ATT. ATT is starting to roll out their 5G in Austin and Indianapolis this year. And uh, this is not gonna be true 5G though. This is what they're calling 5G evolution. It seems to be a stepping stone to 5G connections, and it's going to hit 400 megabit per second. True 5G actually hits one gigabit per second, according to this article over on TheVerge.com. They're going to be testing this, and it's going to be about 40 times faster than your standard connection. Uh, the initial steps towards 5G are part of AT&T's broader network upgrade. It's calling Network 3.0, or Indigo for short. They're also going to be rolling out a project called uh, AirGig which is going to be a gigabit Wi-Fi gigabit Wi-Fi project that's going to rely on power lines uh, to transmit data over the millimeter wave band, similar to Aero founder Chet Konogia. Yeah, Chet Konogia's new company, Starry. So it's going to be using some of the same stuff that's over there, according to this article. So good news for those of you looking at 5G. AT&T is taking the first steps towards rolling out 5G. It's not true 5G, kind of like a 4.5G, if you will at 400 megabits it's insane it's insane i mean we're getting to the point to where mobile connections now if you got a reliable signal you're not going to need a landline you're not going to need a, you're not going to need a traditional gigabit connection anymore if these connections turn out to be as reliable as they could be uh we're kind of looking at the same situation with like phones like not like very few people are using land phones as their primary phone a lot of people use these uh, landlines for emergencies and stuff, but most people have a mobile device for their main phone these days. And it seems like the same is going to be true for uh, for Internet in the near future. So let's hope that AT&T follows through and let's hope the other providers do as well, because I think, you know, I still think the U.S. is lagging behind in terms of mobile connections and coverage. Uh, it is a big country. The United States is not a very <laughs> not small by any means. Uh, and there's a lot of rural areas that have to be covered. And I think this uh, power line idea is a good, it's a step in the right direction. But, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a much better satellite based or, you know, over the air solution that doesn't require a lot of infrastructure to be installed like towers and stuff like that.
So check it out, guys, over on TheVerge.com. They got the details. AT&T is starting to roll out their 5G in Austin and Indianapolis, 400 megabits per second. So hopefully this will be the stepping stone to the almighty 1 gigabit per second 5G. And that concludes episode 293 of Tech Talk of One. I want to thank everybody for listening. Check us out over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash one. And we stream every day at 8 from 8 to 10 a.m. We start around that time and we go for about five hours. And then we come back from around 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, every day. Pretty much every day. We don't take a day off. We need to, but we don't. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Buona. Uh, that's where I post pretty much everything. That's my main social media outlet, youtube.com slash Buona, where I also post this particular podcast and my other podcast, uh, my other podcast, Game Chat with Buona, in video format. If you want to check out the audio formats, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Buona TV. You can find this podcast as well as Game Chat with Buona i hope everybody enjoyed the show we're gonna be back next tuesday we record the show tuesday and thursday on tuesday we do game chat with buona and on thursday we do tech talk with buona we had seven stories a day pretty good show uh we got around 30 minutes of content and and so on look for us this coming saturday we're gonna be having our subathon on twitch.tv slash buona 12 hours of goodness over here we're going to be celebrating the show we're also going to be pushing for more subscribers and for support and spreading a word about the show going full hashtag want to sell out mode over here 3 p.m on saturday 3 p.m eastern over at twitch.tv slash wanna check us out that's going to be on february 4th february 4th at 3 p.m all right guys that concludes episode 293 of tech talk of one and i will see you all next time have a great day